Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Welcome to House of Cards. Dave Weishelder with you here deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. Esports is the hottest topic in the gaming industry today. It seems like everyone loves esports. Celebrities, athletes, and owners of professional teams are all getting involved with esports. States are even passing laws so people can start betting on esports. And we're going to talk to a couple of guys who have been at the forefront of the esports industry for a long time. Ari Fox is the creator of the Casino Esport Conference Las Vegas, but now they added an Atlantic City Conference. The one in Jersey will be held at the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University on October 18th and 19th. I'll also be talking with Andrew Walgus, who's the executive director of the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University. Ari and Andrew are going to tell us all the latest news involving esports and all about the Casino Esports Conference and its New Jersey version of the event. When we come back, we're talking esports. So stick around. We'll be right back with House of Cards. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. One of the hottest topics in gaming today is esports. Its growth has been just incredible. And one of the best conferences you can attend if you're interested in esports is the Casino Esport Conference. Our next guests are at the forefront of this exploding market. Ari Fox is the creator of the Casino Esport Conference, which is being held in Atlantic City on October 18th and 19th at the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University. And also, we have Andrew Walgus, who is the executive director of the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University. And to tell us all about the event and the Esports Innovation Center, we have Ari and Andrew on the line with us. Ari, welcome back. And Andrew, since this is your first time on the show, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having us on. As I said, the popularity of esports has really grown over the years. And, and you know, I, Ari, you've been on the show lots of times. But I want to ask Andrew, since this is your first time on the show, introduce yourself to the people out there. How did you become involved with esports? Yeah, it's actually an interesting story. I mean, as a as a gamer, I was in the Nintendo World Championships when I was a kid. So I've wow. been playing okay. uh, uh, video games competitively uh, my entire life. But I wasn't really into the esports market per se. In 2017, uh, myself and my business partner, Nick Bellotta, launched Atlantic City FC, which was a minor league soccer team. Okay. And in order to uh, help promote that brand during the season, we launched an esports team at the same time to compete specifically in the game FIFA uh, in this virtual pro league that uh, ran cross-continent. So you're playing European teams uh, that had esports uh, components to their actual soccer teams. And I just realized what an amazing way this was to break into a different audience and to cross-promote sports and esports, traditional sports and esports. So that was my first foray, uh, foray into actually being involved in esports. Uh, and as I worked on trying to build a sports culture for Atlantic City, uh, I recognized the incredible opportunity that presented itself for esports um, in this place. You know, you have nine operating casinos all within three square miles of each other, the boardwalk, uh, all these attractions, 17,000 hotel rooms. And it just dawned on me, wow, this is an amazing spot if you were going to hold a mass esports event. So that really sparked my interest in exploring what Atlantic City could be from an esports perspective. And uh, fortunately, that matched up to uh, the state's intentions, and they formed a committee in partnership with Stockton University, I believe, somewhere in 2020, um, and and then labeled the project the Esports Innovation Center and started the search to find an executive director, and that eventually led to me, uh, and I was uh, uh, you know grateful to accept the job and uh, start that process working with the New Jersey uh, Economic Development Authority and Stockton University on really building the esports ecosystem in Atlantic City from the ground up, which I think, um, you know, it's, it's people don't understand how complex the ecosystem behind esports is, yeah. how diverse it is, how many major players there are. Uh, and in the past, people assume esports is just, you know, nerdy kids playing video <laughs> games in the basement for endless hours. And it could not be farther from the truth. The, the esports market has been completely professionalized. There are global esports teams that would rank in the uh, in the mid category of NHL team evaluations, which in my lifetime I never thought I would see, uh, and in five years that's happened. So the explosion has been uh, overwhelming, and it really just came back to the fact that Atlantic City is very uniquely positioned to take advantage of that, based on all the gaming and everything else. And that's not even to to talk about the opportunity from. Uh, the casino's perspective when it comes to peer-to-peer -peer, uh, play in esports and and what's coming next. This was just thinking along the lines of events, right? Having great yeah. events in Atlantic City, but then all those other elements started to unfold, uh, and then we realized what we're sitting on is uh, over 20 universities in New Jersey that have esports programs. You know, right. Stockton alone has 700 kids that are involved in esports here. Wow, uh, which is remarkable and very very competitive teams globally. Uh, including a, a world-ranked uh, Rocket League team. Um, and and it, it just made sense that, okay, this needs to be more than just how do we build good events in Atlantic City, which is a component, don't get me wrong. This needs to be about how do we move the esports ecosystem directly into Atlantic City to take advantage of all of these incredible opportunities that are there. 
uh, and to really put all these pieces together between the different aspects of what the state's been doing to build this uh, slowly. So there's the educational aspect, there's the events aspect, um, and then there's the incentives aspect to actually attract businesses to launch and start uh, growing this in, in New Jersey. Now, Ari, you're one of the creators of the Casino Esport Conference, which is now in its seventh year of operation, and it's an invaluable source of information and marketing tools for those interested in esports. What led you to the esports world, and what was your inspiration for creating this conference? Interesting enough. Um, so, thanks, David. Um, and so, about 10 years ago, my brother and I started uh, a video gaming conference called GameCon. Mm -hmm. And in that, uh, in, in, in that um, foray into what I call video gaming culture is um, um, really where we sort of mind our, our, our experiences, our connection with communities um, in various different um, uh, groups of people, meaning smash tournaments, uh, call of duty tournaments, which is basically in my, in what I can, and, and Andrew would agree to this, is that these are different. These are different groups of people in different communities. There's also an indie community, and when we started GameCon, it was more focused on indie games, which is um, the creation of um, the video game and the appreciation of the art behind the creation of those video games. So that's what GameCon actually stands for. It's Game Arts Conference. So moving forward, as we it was, as we started to get uh, a GameCon community itself. Um, and we held all of our events in Atlantic City. We started um, now almost seven years ago uh, the Casino Esport Conference in Las Vegas, um, and we we kept doing it every year because what we wanted to do was give our education and what we learned from um, the general populace of the communities that we were engaging in in our in our consumer conferences to the business side of it. Because um, what we saw was a lack of understanding uh that the casino market had for a younger audience and you know uh last year or this actually the earlier this year we had uh, close to 500 people at the casino esport conference in las vegas and it keeps growing because the one that we run in las vegas is really more about the overall expansion around the community itself it, it includes everything not just esports um itself and andrew can attest the fact that i'm not even a fan of the name esports because i find it very much i i would call it video gaming competition which is a lot longer than esports but yeah. <laughs> nonetheless i'm more of the culture guy i like to understand the what 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 really makes these people excited in the entertainment side of it which is why which is what i would call the overall ecosystem is pure entertainment um, but there's lots of ways to interact with that entertainment. As, as, as Andrew said, there's many, many levels. So Andrew came out and spoke this earlier this year on a panel and we got to know each other really well. And, um, he is the executive director now appointed to run the esports innovation center, which is almost like the answer to the black fire Institute, which is in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And he asked Ben and I to, um, you know, help him out with, um, you know, uh, getting this event going at, at the launching, which will be uh, in a few weeks. So we we were honored that he asked us, and and we're really excited to be working with Andrew. And and I got to tell you, and you know this, Dave, that I've been involved in Atlantic City 
Um, sure. And many ideas come through that city for over 20 years. And I've never seen any more, anyone so um, energetic and so positive and so uh, uh, had such a great outlook on the development and the uh, future of Atlantic City than Andrew. So the eSports Innovation Center is in great hands with him. And uh, I'm honored to be working with him and 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 uh, and, and building this uh, this conference for years to come. Stick around; we'll be right back with more House of Cards. Some surprises are good, some surprises are life-changing, and some surprises can be financially devastating. That's why you need 210 Home Buyers Warranty. 210 Home Buyers Warranty covers critical systems like your heating, cooling, and water heater, and appliances like your fridge from breakdowns caused by routine use. Because something will break down right when you need it most. A refrigerator breakdown can cost over $1,200 to replace, with 210 as little as $85. Water heater breakdown nearly $1,800, with 210 as little as $85. AC breakdown $2,500, with 210 as little as $85. I enjoy knowing that any issues I may have with my home will be taken care of. Everything was handled professionally. The response and service is always timely and professional. No matter the age of your home or appliances, a home warranty service agreement from 210 Home Buyers Warranty can help reduce your financial stress. Call 800-580-7703. 800-580-7703. That's 800-580-7703. Call now to get two months free. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. We are flying over a well-known eastern city that is remarkable, a city whose principal business is the entertainment of millions. Atlantic City, often called the vacation capital of the nation. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Ari Fox, creator of the Casino Esports Conference in Las Vegas, who is now having a New Jersey version of the event in Atlantic City at the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University on October 18th and 19th, and with Andrew Walgus, who's the executive director of the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University. I love the whole idea about the Esports Innovation Center. Andrew, tell us a little something about the Esports Innovation Center, and why is something like this at Stockton University so important to the esports industry absolutely I, I couldn't agree more and first of all thank you very much for the compliment sorry that's really very gracious of you to say and i've been really honored to work with ari and his brother as well because the event in las vegas uh, as he pointed out was a, a massive event that included giants in the industry from the tech side like anc and uh, you know peerless av and and some tremendous companies that are really really uh, the backbone of how this infrastructure is being built. And, and one thing I'll also add to the last comment before I get into the EIC specifically, you know, Ari mentioned uh, he would call it video gaming competitions. One thing I don't like is when esports gets lumped into one category. Yeah. Just like it's saying like sports is one thing. Every single sport has a completely different audience. You know, cricket is a sport and billiards is a sport and racing is a sport. And none of those audiences have anything to do with each other other than the fact that it's called sport. Esports is exactly the same thing. There's genre upon genre upon genre. All of them are different. The communities are different. Um, and trying to 
lump them together and just say, hey, this is all you guys are this. It's it's crazy. So there's really a, a dramatic, um, I think, shift in, in terms of how people have to perceive what esports actually is in its individual levels. There are things that are much easier to understand. So that's that's one thing that I just wanted to echo. But with regards to the EIC specifically, so the mission was to create a nonprofit uh, that really focused on a couple of the key pillars of, of building this. Um, one is the education component. So what we're doing uh, is working with Stockton University. We're working with Rutgers University in creating esports curriculum that combines computer science, school of business, and hotel restaurant management programs uh, into a tailored uh, degree certificate that really fits the skill sets that the industry is looking for for hireable candidates. Um, and, and that is critical. So next year, we expect Stockton uh, to be one of the first schools in the country to have an esports major. Uh, and, and there's going to be more to follow. And wow. then really, it's about building meaningful curriculum uh, for students that will get them employed in this industry, which has, by the way, tons of openings, tons of opportunity, uh, tremendous pay scale and, and a lot of room for advancement. So if, if you know, people that have a passion for esports and like gaming want to take that into a career, uh, this is a great way to do it, but it's not about being a professional gamer, guys, right? That's the big mm -hmm. thing that I, I always like to point out. This is not about being a professional video game player. It's about enjoying that aspect of it and finding a career in that industry. It's like you went to sports management school uh, or to get a degree in sports management. You're not expecting to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> right? You're expecting to maybe work in football or work in some uh, capacity in the sports industry. So that's really what the EIC is built for. It's not to try to turn out professional gamers. It's to try to develop this ecosystem with the higher education K through 12 sectors uh, in the state of New Jersey and then the casino industry uh, as well um, in trying to say, okay, well, what technologies are going to make sense to introduce into your environment where there's a healthy betting component being put into this, where the, whether it's people betting on other people playing games or you betting on yourself up against another competitor, um, which I think is a very novel concept to introduce, but it really isn't. It's more like the poker model, right? Yeah. So finding technologies, technology partners, companies like, you know, G3 is a local company run by Anthony Gowd, who's, who's tremendous and has a lot of vision for esports. And I've been fortunate enough to meet him and know him uh, for the last four years and see how his vision can help uh, with Atlantic City. And these types of innovative companies need to be pushed um, and need to have the states around the country to adopt uh, what they're doing because it's a little bit of the unknown, right? So from a regulatory standpoint, competition standpoint, all of those components need to be factored in. So we're kind of like an information clearinghouse for all of these different groups, whether you have the K through 12 schools, you have the higher education schools in New Jersey, you have the casinos. The idea is to have a place where all of them can congregate and get meaningful content delivered that helps them not only understand the industry, but understand how they can profit from this industry and help grow it in New Jersey. So, um, you know, and then there's a, a massive community aspect that I can't stress enough. We will be uh, an open shop for the community of Atlantic City to make sure that every kid in this area who has a passion for esports can help develop their talents uh, to the max. So we have programs that we're working on with the Boys and Girls Club, with the Police Athletic League. Uh, and we want to make sure that this is an opportunity for kids in Atlantic City to really benefit and grow into the potential to have a job and stay home and help grow this community and help uh, make this a great place to live, which it is. People have 
whatever perception they have Atlantic, of Atlantic City, but I can tell you, having been here for over 20 years, this is an amazing place with amazing people. Every city has whatever uh, issues it's got. There's never going to be one without it, but I think everything that's uh, in this city that needs to be uh, corrected is fixable, and, and that's where you have to start. Esports can play a massive component uh, to that. You have events that could come in year-round, uh, especially during the non-prime uh, months of summertime, <laughs> this this is no better place to host events here. You have 17,000 hotel rooms. You have all of this space. You can literally, um, you know, get it for pennies on the dollar compared to a New York City or a Philadelphia at the same time of year. Um, so it's uniquely positioned to do that. And uh, for the industry to grow here, this is an amazing place to live. We have, you know, casinos have every restaurant you could ever imagine wanting to eat at right there. Nightclubs, you know, Tropicana alone has 26 restaurants, yeah. 25 stores an IMAX movie theater, a nightclub, you know, five nightclubs, five sports bars. So it's, it's nuts. And um, I think once the remote, you know, working community that, that's in this and, and entrepreneurs that are trying to develop ideas in the esports or independent gaming studios looking to build the next thing, see the incentives we're building in the state to attract their companies to this area, it's going to be an absolute no-brainer to position your – to build your business here and to position your brand uh, to take advantage of what Atlantic City has to offer. Yeah, I just to add into that, Dave, I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, 10 years ago when we started the GameCon event, I was going to other conferences, other video gaming conferences, and there wasn't any video gaming conference mm-hmm. that was actually held in Atlantic City at the time when we started doing the GameCon. But to, uh, to Drew's point, um, the fact that the infrastructure – that is here or there in Atlantic City has everything anyone could possibly need. I mean, when we we actually created a promo video that we sent out to some of the exhibitors that we tried to get from New York City and Philadelphia and Maryland and other pl- places to come to Atlantic City, <laughs> was that why would you spend so much money in going to – uh, you know, Boston for a video gaming conference and spending all that money for a hotel room and, you know, your floor space and everything else like that when Atlantic City is much less uh, costly. And, you know, it, it's 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 not easy, I got to tell you. I mean, the, the, the hurdles are not, um, <clears throat> it's easier said than done, the hurdles are not uh, easy to jump through. I mean, a lot of these people, you know, when when you want to do an event and you do it in New York City, it's New York City. Sure, um, sure. And so people uh, tend to um, sort of hesitate when you say Atlantic City. And it's it's not an easy thing to overcome when you try to get and build events in, in Atlantic City. In fact, I have competitors of mine in the casino industry that have had and held events in New Jersey. Um, but they didn't hold them in Atlantic City. And they were casino conferences. Hmm, interesting, they, yeah. By all standards, they should have been held in Atlantic City, um, just as, you know, events like uh, the Global Gaming Expo was held in Las Vegas. And I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say who it was, but honestly, you know, you know, why hold it in the Meadowlands and then when you can have it in an actual casino town sure. like Atlantic City? And my, you know, I did ask the, that question and the answer was, well, because of the proximity to New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's and and that's a, and you know it's it's a uh, it's it's there's a stigma and it's very hard to get over. But I think with Drew's enthusiasm, 
um, that's a possibility that that could change. Plus, we're working on legitimate incentives from the state of New Jersey to attract major uh, events here. And, and really, that was the other component of this is we have amazing infrastructure, but we still have work to do. Right. Boardwalk Hall is an incredible venue, but it's not really suited yet for sure. the prime esports events. But it will be. And once it is, now you're talking about a 10,000 to 14,000 uh, seat arena with a 4,000 seat adjunct theater, the Adrian Phillips Theater, that you can turn into a prime esports space, but right on the boardwalk, um, and then still have all of that casino uh, proximity uh, nearby. So that would put us in position to host the bigger events from, uh, you know, the League of Legends and, and uh, all of these types of uh, uh, groups, which, which are running events at an exceptional level right now. I mean, if you go look at what esports is doing, um, it's, it's incredible in terms of the, the size venues they're in, the ticket prices they're getting, the number of participants that are taking place, the tournament prize pool. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, League of Legends just had an event in Chicago sure. um, yep. a while back. And, uh, you know, um, it, was, it was a sellout, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. it was pretty packed. It was pretty and, close, yeah. And, 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 and Drew was showing us video of it at the, at the ECGC uh, last week. And, you know, he's like, why shouldn't that be Atlantic City? I, I tend to agree with him. I've been saying that for over 20 years. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. Get ready, Pennsylvania, to take the best poker games with you on the go anywhere in Pennsylvania with the World Series of Poker Real Money Online Poker app. For over 50 years, the World Series of Poker has been the most trusted name in poker. Now it's your chance to win WSOP circuit rings and WSOP bracelets from anywhere in the Commonwealth. And WSOP.com has a great new sign-up offer for its Pennsylvania players. Download the app or go to WSOP.com and sign up using our bonus code CARDS21. You'll get $25 in free play just for signing up. Get another $25 with your first deposit. That's $50 free play just by signing up and depositing with WSOP.com. And don't forget to use our code CARDS21 at registration. Become a poker champion with an authentic WSOP experience right from the comfort of your own home or anywhere in the Keystone State. Download the WSOP app or go to WSOP.com and sign up today. The cards are in the air at WSOP.com. Must be 21 years or older. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of October 3rd, 2022. Delaware set a new state iGaming record. In the month of July, the first state's online gaming sites reported a revenue of $1.25 million, narrowly beating the state's previous record of $1.22 million set this past April. July's revenue was more than 58% higher than this time last year and over 12% more than the previous month. According to the report, people in Delaware spent $39.4 million playing online. Online gaming and sports betting operator BetMGM announced a three-year partnership with New Jersey Transit, the first of its kind for the Transit Authority. The deal includes renaming New Jersey Transit's Meadowlands Rail Line to the BetMGM Meadowlands Rail Line and includes print and digital advertising throughout the New Jersey Transit system. The Meadowlands Line operates between Secaucus Junction and Meadowlands Station, which is adjacent to MetLife Stadium. And finally, for all you Frank Sinatra fans, there's a slot machine that's perfect for you. The Agua Caliente Casinos in California will be the first in the state to offer the game called the Sinatra 7000 Wheel. According to Light and Wonder, which created the game, the slot machine is an old-school, sleek, and smooth game. The machine also features some of Sinatra's most popular songs. Can't wait till it hits Jersey. 
Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. You're listening to House of Cards. Where was the house? Where was the house of cards? Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishuttle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Ari Fox, creator of the Casino Esport Conference in Las Vegas, who is now having a New Jersey version of the event in Atlantic City at the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University on October 18th and 19th, and with Andrew Walgus, who is the executive director of the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University. Do you guys like where Atlantic City is heading with regard to esports? I mean, do you see New Jersey in general becoming an esports powerhouse in the coming year? Ari, every time you come on, I ask you, is there a new big region for esports? I always mention Texas and Las Vegas, but Atlantic City really seems poised for that. And I want to ask both of you, do you like what Atlantic City is doing to attract the esports community? I mean, I, I could uh, tell, take that one, and then I guess Drew could talk about it. I think Atlantic City has a lot to learn, which mm-hmm. is why we're bringing the Casino Esport Conference to its shores. Um we need to educate um, for executives in the casino industry as well as in the, uh, the, the visitors and convention bureaus to try to, and I, I encourage them from this interview to come and, and, and see the event and come and talk to people who are in the industry of esports collegiately and professionally so that they can understand the culture of um, where or how they need to reach out to these people. And, you know, there is, there, like I said, anything can be done if you educate, the, educate them in the right way. And that's the whole point of the CEC is to educate and to get those people who have these venues to uh, learn and understand how to attract, um, you know, the communities, the Smash community, the League of Legends community, the Call of Duty community, even the indie game developer community. And as as uh, as Andrew was saying, uh, look, you know, um, GameCon itself, uh, the whole purpose was to attract young starting studios that creating new games in the industry. Um, and you know, at one time, Rocket League was an indie game. At one time, Mine- Minecraft was an indie game. The roots of the video gaming industry starts with indie game developers, um, and you know, I think, as as Andrew's pointing out, there's incentives for them to build studios in New Jersey and South Jersey. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity, I think, that um, it, without the without the CEC, the the the, the entry to bear the barrier to entry for a a convention of visitors authority or a casino executive has a hard time trying to bring in those those, those businesses to their communities and their areas. So, it, it, you know, this is a very important uh, conference 
Uh, it's to, it's so that people who are already, you know, have their MBAs um, and, uh, you know, are executives and hold high level positions can come to this event without, you know, getting, you know, mud on their face and saying, oh, I don't know anything about esports. Or, or at least saying that they know something about esports and taking a dive into it um, without uh, without really understanding it, um, and that's where people get egg on their face, um, which is a problem. Um, and uh, you know, there's even companies that have been developed that have, you know, dived into the industry and they don't they're not doing well because they just didn't understand the community. I would I would agree with a lot of that. I, I also think, um, you know, just to answer the, the core point about the positioning with New Jersey and Atlantic City, you need a strategy that everybody buys into from the state level down to the city level. And really, the casinos are controlled by the or the district is controlled by the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority, the CRDA, which has a, a tremendous director named Sean Patwell, who I know uh, through many conversations, believes in esports, knows what it can do for Atlantic City, uh, and, and is invested on that end. And, and that's the group that really works on the events attraction side uh, to the city and controls Boardwalk Hall, right? So yeah. um, they're uh, essentially a state agency. So I know the state is invested in esports. Um, I, I know from the top level down, there is no state more invested in esports in terms of conversation. Uh, what we're working on, the Casino Control Commission, uh, Division of Gaming Enforcement, all of them have been in constant contact uh, with myself and various other experts to try to make sure New Jersey is ahead of the curve on regulation and allowing uh, for uh, events and tournaments and, and really exciting things to come through. So we've got a regulatory framework in place. We've got a plan to build the infrastructure uh, of Atlantic City, Atlantic City, the physical infrastructure, meaning uh, Boardwalk Hall and, and its uh, uh, surrounding areas. Um, really, it just comes down to executing that strategy and making sure that the top-level events that come through here, everybody has an amazing time uh, and that the experience is fantastic, and then we can rinse and repeat that. You know, As Ari said, there's always challenges, especially when you're first getting started with that. But I do think we're headed in the right direction. And I think the approach is going to be walk before we run mm -hmm. and make sure that the pieces are in place from uh, an infrastructure and education standpoint uh, throughout the industry. And, and the third part that has to buy in is the casinos, right? So that is really where this casino esports conference is critical because we're there to educate the casino industry as much as anything else about what esports can do for you, what kind of companies uh, can come in and interact and, and how they can help you uh, reach a different demographic, attract different people to the casino, and uh, spearhead technology that is going to be uh, very profitable in the future, and that's already, you know, quite frankly, widely adapted in Europe in terms of uh, common practice. I mean, you know, I met a company at, at a conference that uh, I believe they're called SIS that has esports factories where 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're pitting professional esports players against each other in closed-circuit televised matches, which are then fed to uh, sports betting operators uh, so that there is constant flow of content for you to bet on at any time. You want to wake up and watch two people play Madden, and there's a spread and two teams playing? Boom. There you go. 
that market exists in the U.S. It's just not here yet. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought up sports betting because I know that's one of the topics you're going to cover at the convention at the Esports Innovation Center, October 18th and 19th. Uh, you, you can't talk about any kind of sports without talking about sports betting nowadays. Uh, tell me about what you guys think is the future for esports with regard to betting. Do you see more and more states allowing betting on esports? I know New Jersey, you, you can bet on esports certain tournaments, and I know Las Vegas is now having meetings as we speak about esports trying to get some rules and regulations down with regard to betting where do you guys see esports and betting in the near future Ari why don't you start it off well, e- well the wagering on esports is definitely something I think that needs to get adopted um, as a le- as a level up um, you know uh, 20 years ago when I started working in Atlantic City Atlantic City as far as the East Coast was concerned, was the only shop in town. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any casinos in Phil- in Pennsylvania. They didn't have really anything in Maryland. They didn't have anything of that big of a threat in New York. Of course, there was Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods. But honestly, Atlantic City had a monopoly, and no pun intended, yeah. but that's true. Um, and the fact of the matter is that if there is any future for future growth for Atlantic City, it's they got to double down on esports. Um, and esports wagering is a is a bigger piece of that pie. Esports wagering as a whole right now, there's I think it was a billion dollars or something or closer around that amount that is that was wagered, but not in a legal not legally. It was all in you know the dark corners of. Uh, you know, um, unlicensed areas of the of the world, and that needs to just like sports wagering, that needs to come out of the dark and into the light, so that it can be regulated, so that the people that are betting on it can be vetted to make sure that they are of age with KYC software. Um, and I think that for the future of any casino town. And particularly Atlantic City, because it's been threatened now with casinos in Pennsylvania, and there might be one in New York City. Um, so it is it is imperative that a town like Atlantic City, which, um, as, as Andrew's pointed out, beautiful, wonderful people there, um, need to adapt to a new uh, idea, a new technology, and grab onto that, because that could be the ticket for the future, uh, particularly the wagering side of it. New Jersey has led the way in the repeal of PASPA uh, in 2018 with the sports wagering uh, with guys like, um, you know, uh, with the different um, different uh, guys like Dennis, Dennis Drazen and other gentlemen that were involved in that, uh, that, that brought that to the Supreme Court and repealed the PASPA law. That including now, you know, t- hearing uh, Governor Murphy last week at ECGC just particularly focus on esports. I mean, he talked about the Esports Innovation Center. They are all in in New Jersey. And I think that's one of the reasons why I feel so good about, you know, moving forward with the Casino Esport Conference in the city is because esports wagering is something that I think is going to be the future. I would say more so in many respects. Peer-to-peer wagering also is 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 definitely an aspect of esports that probably might have more uh, more interest 
uh, to the different communities, different esports communities, than the actual wagering itself. Because you got to remember, in video gaming competition, the, the fans are also players. Sure. Um, and they love the game. There's a passion for it, but they love to play as well. Um, and, you know, again, it's not like you have to be uh, an amazing athlete like you do in, in professional sports. Anyone could reach those levels if they they practice hard enough. And it's it's a great community because it's 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 so exciting because as as Andrews put put forward, baseball fans will sit in the stadium and watch baseball players play, but esports fans will play and watch others play. And it's and it's a it's an amazing uh, uh, audience as far as the wagering is concerned. I think you even have more people. More than you would have in professional sports wagering in esports, especially on the peer-to-peer side. And, and I think casinos, in particularly, uh, in particular, are uniquely positioned to take advantage of that. What I mean is, if you can create a real in-person experience that you cannot get at home playing against a, a faceless person on the other end of a computer, uh, that really can be something. For instance, uh, let's say in a, a magical hypothetical world that I create. There's a eSports room at Caesars, and every Wednesday night, there's a Super Smash Brothers tournament for $1,000, hmm. and every Thursday is the Madden tournament, and you can just show up and enter with no skill, all the skill in the world, uh, and be part of that experience just like you would a poker room. It, it is something completely different than what exists now. So I do believe that that kind of thing will bring in a, a different demographic um, that they're not used to attracting that hopefully will then transition into more traditional um, components of the casino experience. So uh, I I think that that is something that's coming. Um, But also, once esports competitions, especially the big leagues and the big competitions, which are so heavily, um, you know, consolidated now and run by major players, that when when betting becomes common on that, like it does on the PGA Tour or the NBA – I, I think that will really add a major element of revenue to most sports books. For instance, if there is a simple, you know, uh, League of Legends uh, league that you could track, or I'll give you an even better one, Counter-Strike Go, right? Because sure. there's teams and you have a structure that's very similar to sports. And those offerings appeared alongside the NBA and MLB and what have you. There's going to be a category of, of uh, people that are going to be heavily interested in betting on those things. Uh, the same way you would bet on, you know, a player to win the PGA field. Um, and a lot of it is team allegiance. And because of these esports teams, uh, incredible branding prowess. I mean, my God, guys, there could be books written about <laughs> the branding capabilities of some of these esports teams and how they've sucked talent out of traditional sports branding and brought it over to the esports side. But it's incredible. Like, look at FaZe Clan and what they do in, in terms of uh, celebrity endorsements and things. It's, it's amazing. So um, I, I think all of those... Uh, aspects of it make this so interesting and Atlantic City uh, is just such a great spot because it's all so close like even Las Vegas which I I have nothing but respect for and I've been to over the course of 30 years of my life and really watched it blossom into what it is but it is very spread out guys I I mean like you know the the Blackfire Innovation Center which is an amazing facility with incredible people working at is 30 minutes from downtown Las Vegas I'm on the boardwalk. I open my doors. I'm on the boardwalk. I have 4 million people that are going to walk outside the Esports Innovation Center um, every year. And um, that puts us in the heart of the action. It allows us to really get into this, uh, 
this market. You know, I, I, I'm fortunate to be a board member on the Levinson Institute of Gaming, Hospitality, and Tourism at Stockton sure. University. Sure. Um, and I just had my first board meeting last night. And, you know, in that room was Bart Blatstein, the head of Showboat, and, um, you know, the head of uh, Bally's and the head of uh, Resorts. And the issues and conversations and discussions about what the state is doing to attract esports, tournaments, events, companies here, that's at the forefront. So everyone's getting on board. It's just going to take time to educate. And really, that's where Ari and Ben did such a tremendous job with the event in Las Vegas that I was able to, to witness firsthand that I was like, this needs to be uh, in Atlantic City. Uh, on a permanent basis to add that duality so we have an east coast west coast and uh you know various issues can get uh, done and we're very proud to be able to have physical space um at stockton university which has just the most beautiful campus you could ever imagine in atlantic city uh they've invested 300 million dollars into this city over the course of the last five years and are opening another 500 dorm rooms uh, half a block from here um that's the transformation of atlantic city if you want to know where it starts it's it's here Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. You're listening to House of Cards. Your Majesty, the royal wrestlers await. I'll bet on the little guy. How much? 3,000 guineas, two geese, and a duck. That's a foul bet. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishout with you. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Ari Fox, creator of the Casino Esport Conference in Las Vegas, who is now having a New Jersey version of the event in Atlantic City at the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University on October 18th and 19th, and with Andrew Walgus, who is the executive director of the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University. You guys brought up two huge topics I was dying to ask you about, and one of them was the casinos. Either of you, you guys talk to a lot of casinos. I, I talk to a lot of casinos in my job as a gaming attorney, and you know, they all the marketers always in casinos said they wanted the younger people in through the doors. They want the millennials, and I always thought esports was the perfect way to do it, and it just. It, I haven't seen the movement on the casino side like I was expecting they would toward esports. Are you guys seeing more of an acceptance from the casinos for esports as time goes on? Uh, yeah, I, go ahead, Drew. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could just say for a fact that you know when we had our event in Vegas, that was the largest uh, uh, group that we had uh, the casino esports conference in this past March, uh, earlier this year. I mean, we had guys from Boyd Gaming. There were guys from Station Casinos. There was guys from MGM and Caesars, and they were all there. I mean, they came in, or they sent somebody in their marketing department, or their IT department, or somebody that came to the event. So it was a good attendance uh, all around. And Native American casino people were there as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I 
I feel that like this past March was definitely a, a situation where the the casino executives were taking a very, very, very close deep dive into this. I even have, I think for this event coming up in Atlantic City, we have a whole uh, group from uh, the Bahamas, NASA, wow. NASA coming in um, to, to, uh, to experience this. You know, I, I just want to touch on one other thing in regards to the wagering. I don't want to get back to but I'll get, just touch on that. I mean, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, we have uh, uh, Dan Coonan from the ECAC, uh, the East Coast uh, uh, Athletic Conference. That the, the, This is, uh, you know, it's just like the NCAA mm-hmm. uh, representative. He's the president. And, you know, we have to talk about that. We have to talk about what is the role of the wagering side in college and how do we, you know, handle the protecting of, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, authenticity and making sure that, you know, students don't, you know, Stockton has a great team, obviously, but, you know, you don't want anybody to tarnish that reputation by cheating and things like that. So these are the sure. things we're going to cover in, you know, along the wagering, because, you know, along with all of this gambling stuff and the wagering stuff and the peer-to-peer play, you know, this is the concern a lot of these casino executives have, that there is a little bit of, uh, you know, how do we protect the consumer? How do we protect the better, the punter? And this is uh, what we have to cover uh, in the Casino Esports Conference to reassure them since they're very, I mean, they're coming into a lot of, like you, we're talking about the casino executives uh, are coming into esports blind. Uh, yeah. all the, as, far, as far as what they know is, you know, their grandson plays video games or their, or their son is a big gamer. Um, you know, we have uh, Lucas Levinson who's the son of uh, uh, Lloyd Levinson, who's going to be a speaker at the event. He, he plays video games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it, it is a, you know, it is a, it, it, it is a topic that cannot be ignored any longer. And I think that's what we're seeing uh, from, from the standpoint of the executives is that they really need to understand this industry. They really need to understand these millennial if they want to, if they want them to come to the casino, because as it is uh, right now, I don't think that they're giving them or offering them something that they're interested in doing on a casino floor. They do not like games of chance. Um, And I think the place to start from a casino perspective is online and then bringing them in through, through uh, to the brick and mortar from online rewards. So I don't know. That's that's my opinion. That's how I see it because I see most of the communities of esports online. But eventually, they will start coming to your brick and mortar if they see more interaction with them on places like Discord and Twitch and YouTube gaming and all of these places where they go and they watch video games or they interact with others and communities and play. I also would stress that it's about experience. Um, the The gamer that I connect with, that I speak to, wants an experience. And when you're going to a casino, the experience of playing a slot machine is not what they are looking for, right? So if you built experiences at casinos that are both profitable for the casino and offer something unique and different to the consumer, which again is the peer-to-peer model, think of uh, a poker room, right, where you have all these uh, machines that are uh, set up and you can compete in a variety of different esports, both uh, in tournament style and head-to-head, the casino always wins, right? Because they're taking a rake for conducting the activity. Uh, so it's a very safe and, and obvious model for them to participate in. But it offers the consumer something different that they can't get at home. But I do agree with Ari wholeheartedly. The way to engage with them is first online because that is where they are. 
They are they're nowhere else. That is where they are. So it does have to be a outreach. Now, as far as um, the, the, the gambling side of that and the betting side, I think that is just a maturity thing. Once these leagues become more mature, more structured, more known by people where you know, like, okay, the League of Legends schedule of, in a given year is this. There are these major events. There are these teams vying for it. Uh, this is typically how it goes. This is the Super Bowl. This is the, you know, the most important midway point. When, when that education really comes into the betting population in states where it's allowed, I think you will start to see that become more mainstream. And then uh, companies like FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesar Sportsbook, MGM will start to maybe pick up. But I also think you need independent companies that are going to pioneer uh, technologies and, and really create uh, interesting games and ways to uh, interact with, with betting on esports to enter the market uh, as well. So. You know, those are things that New Jersey can do from a legislative sta- standpoint and from a regulatory standpoint that they are doing. Um, you know, as, as Ari mentioned, uh, and we just saw it uh, last week, everybody from the DGE and uh, the Casino Control Commission, I was uh, uh, blessed to have player, uh, Chairman Plow uh, in the office uh, taking a look and talking about what, what's going on. And, um, you know, there there is so much uh, uh, interest, but also... Um, just a, an understanding of there needs this needs to be done right. We yeah. need to do this without the the major pitfalls that could go wrong coming into this early to derail the momentum of it happening. So if it, it's done with a solid regulatory framework, with understanding on all ends um, of what the the pitfalls are. You know, I, I, we Ari and I both were speaking with Bo Gray uh, recently, who runs a um, a wonderful organization that focuses on safe betting with Charles Oakley. And they tour college campuses around the country to bring awareness on on how. And he has this concept of a uh, of a betting score. Like you have a credit score, you know your credit score. Mm-hmm. You should know what your betting score is to know how at risk you are uh, versus what kind of activity you participate in. So I am a huge advocate on safe gaming. I look at it as a great entertainment experience. But once it gets out of control, or once it's uh, you know it's uh, soured by cheating and scandal and stuff like that it no longer becomes something casinos want to do it's going to be something they they immediately uh run away from because of uh bad reputations or bad uh, press so we have to ensure that it's done safely and it's done um with with all uh parties involved uh coming to the table and making sure that we know what the potential issues are uh and get ahead of them from the start and and a lot of it is uh uh, you know, uh, regulatory, um, but also some of it is just pure common sense. You know, how do we not market to younger kids than are legally allowed to be betting? And how do we make sure that these competitions that are K through 12 or collegiate competitions don't interfere uh, in the betting space? And, and I think that that is very important. Same thing, by the way, collegiate athletes have to face, guys. This is no, you know, this isn't a, a unique conversation to esports. It's the same thing we have to Face with sports betting uh, in, in traditional sense. Well, one thing I, you sure. know, it's funny because there's, it's not like the casinos haven't tried to get involved in esports. They have, um, you know, you had, you had, you know, games like Danger Zone, which was part of the game, which was part of the Game Code product years ago. But the thing about it is, and, and not only that, I also had uh, Game of Con events at, at, at these casinos. What I have to point out to you is that. In the past, if you go back ten years or, or eight years or so, you would have I would have an event at a casino on purpose, and then I would also have uh, you have these game co events. But the casino never sat down 
and, and, and at the table and said, how can I help market this? How can I help put this out to the people that you want to come to this event or, or to the people that you want to have play this game that's sitting on our floor? They just like thought, well, we'll just put this game on the floor and everyone will come and play it. Or we'll build this arena in our casino and everyone will come. That's not how it works. Uh, and that's why, you know, I think there has to be uh, a, the, the education, as we're, as we're putting out here, that um, there really has to be – they have to understand millennials. They have to understand Gen Zs, and they just don't. And the marketing channels to them, Ari, right? And the more, yes, absolutely. Well, 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 how, how many casinos do you know that are running uh, Discord accounts or, sure, t- sure. or, or TikTok. You know, TikTok or anything like that? I mean, they're all still stuck in very traditional static marketing techniques of – $99 rooms or, you know, throwing it on an Instagram post or, you know, come see this restaurant. That's not going to engage in this audience at all. Andrew, you mentioned about branding and uh, Ari, you mentioned the NCAA. And, and in this new age, we now have something called name, image and likeness deals where student athletes will be able to earn money off of their names because of the sport they play. Do you think we're going to start seeing this with regard to college students in the esports industry? Because there are a ton of deals being made in the esports industry. I'm just wondering, do you see that moving into the NCAA? Without being able to give you a single specific example, I would almost guarantee there already are. <laughs> I mean, that's the I, whole point. Isn't that the whole point of influencers, Andrew? I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is really if if you have a following, there are sneaker it, deals out ever, there. I can't believe there are sneaker yeah, deals out there for people do, sitting down it watching. Does not matter. So, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, and especially if somebody came into the collegiate ranks with a reputation already, uh, even if they were only playing amateur, I mean, there are young streamers who have huge followings that dwarf what a standard NCAA Division One athlete would have coming into a program. Uh, so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that any group looking to, to tap into that would start using NIL uh, for esports players as well. I just, I think right now there's such a, emphasis on the professional ranks of the esports players that uh, collegiate teams haven't really created that yet. You don't have like that feeling like, oh, there's the Ohio State or there's the Michigan rivalry or there's the, you know, the powerhouses, the Alabamas of, of esports. So I think as those teams start to emerge and identities start to come and then you start to see the top uh, high school esports players choosing teams uh, and being recruited just like a traditional sports sense with scholarships and other availability and NIL will play a massive role um, in attracting people and, and watching that market grow. But uh, rest assured, the collegiate market will grow uh, mm-hmm. because that's how we do things structured in the United States. There's a, there's a hierarchy to how things go before you get professional, and, and the collegiate market is really you know the big stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Ari, we're running out of time, but can you remind the audience again where people can register for the Casino Esports Conference? Yeah, it's going to be held in Atlantic City October 18th and okay. 19th at the Esports Innovation Center. And you can register today at the Casino Esport. C as in cat, O as in Oreo, N as in Nancy, F as in Frank.com. And uh, that's where you go to register. So it's Casino Esport Conf or conf.com and uh there's all the information you need there you'll have it there's a there's a list of it there's the agendas on there the speakers uh we have some really great people who are going to be speaking guys from uh, take two media like uh, jay moses um uh the running back or the uh, the running back that was the running back uh all time former, yeah. former running back of the green bay packers 
So um, I'm on green. So there's plenty of guys that are going to be there that you could talk to that are involved on various levels, college levels, professional levels in regards to esports in the esports ecosystem, video gaming e- e- uh, ecosystem. So it's casino esport conf, C-O-N-F dot com. And Andrew, can you give out a website for the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University for anyone who's interested in finding out more about it? Of course. Unfortunately, our website address is not Esports Innovation Center at StocktonUniversity.com. Uh, how about <laughs> EIC.GG? All uh, right. That's uh, the easiest way to get to us. We also are EsportsNJ.org uh, because officially we are a nonprofit. So, but just for the gaming community, we wanted to make it nice and simple. So EIC.GG. Ari Fox, creator of the Casino Esport Conference, and Andrew Walgus, executive director of the Esports Innovation Center at Stockton University. Thank you so much for joining us. And I want to remind everyone that the conference is being held in Atlantic City at the Esport Innovation Center at Stockton University on October 18th and 19th. Thanks a lot for coming on and talking about the conference. It's always such an important event for the esports industry. So thanks for joining us and telling us all about it. Thanks, Dave. Really appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. Well, that'll do for us this week. We'll see you next time on the radio with House of Cards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.